0: God's Work Displayed, Season 2, Episode 4, The One-Anothers of Romans. Okay, welcome back to God's Work Displayed. Uh, it's been a little while since our last one. Uh, at one point I was recording the newest episode and then I realized the kids were going in and out quite a bit. And so you could hear the the door slam, uh, probably them yelling at each other, it's about all that stuff. So, And sometimes you could probably even hear them through this. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I may have to re-record this. But um, to, today we're going to be starting on the one and others and we're going to focus it. Uh, initially on the section of the Rom- of Romans that has several one another's. And the reason I'm going to do that is because I feel like um, you really do need to have the context of uh, what the one another's are in. And so if we say, hey, well, let's look at the one another's of Romans, then we're saying this is in the context of this letter to the Romans from Paul. And then that way we can have a better idea of what actually is happening with those one another's. So we'll do that with several other one another's um, as we come to them. And I just kind of picked the Romans because not too long ago I was reading through the book of Romans with the kids and uh, it really just struck me what those sounded like. And And I would highly recommend, by the way, connect to that, that you, uh, if you can, to take time to read the Bible aloud. And the reason I say that is because... <clears throat> One there's there's a couple of different reasons. One is that a lot of the original a lot of the letters were originally written <clears throat> to be read aloud. So when the author, the human author, is composing these, they, they have that in mind, and so they are very much in thought of how will this sound to people? How will this be interpreted to people through their ears? That's one part. The other part is that. Some of you all are probably audio or auditory learners or more more inclined auditory learning. We're all, we're not all just one type of learning. And that's something with severe and profound intellectual disabilities. We tend to think they can only do this. And we uh, <clears throat> neglect the fact that they have some ability in some other areas. It's just not the strength. But combined with some of their strong areas, that can be beneficial. And so that's true with learning. Uh, some of us are more apt to learn through visual uh, reading and some are more apt to learn through hearing and some are more apt to learn through doing things and there's a whole gamut of things and so <clears throat> it, it could be helpful for you to read these aloud. I'm actually more of a visual learner but sometimes um, hearing things does strike me differently and so I my brain is able to process it a little differently and uh, the impact is is more profound at that level. So like I said, I was reading through Romans to the kids, and that's why I, w- I wanted to hit those first. Um, just a general thing first about the one another's. There's a lot of them in the New Testament. <clears throat> um, you know, there's conservative 50-some to to even more. Uh, it kind of depends on how you count you them, how you, you want to do those. A lot of them are love one another. So we'll address some of those. Um, mostly they're going to be about the same meaning. Um, but they, they can vary somewhat. And, and so we can we address that. But uh, we won't hit those heavily. So like in John, the Gospel of John, there's a lot of those, love one another. In the letters of John, there's also a lot of those. So we might... Uh, be a little lazy and not really delve in those too deep so we'll just see how that comes along but let's let's get started with Romans so there are a few one another's in Romans uh, mostly they are concentrated towards, well they all are concentrated towards the end of the letter uh, quite a bit in Romans chapter 12 and we're going to see some in 13, 14, 15, and 16 so <clears throat> I'm going to read uh, Romans, chapter 12, uh, verses 10 through uh, 21, and then we'll go to the next one, and we'll kind of address that. So, Romans, chapter 12, chapter 12, verse 10, starts, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil for anyone for evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. If possible, so far as depends on you, be at peace with all men. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God. <clears throat> for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him, and if he is thirsty, give him a drink. For instant doing you will be you will heap burning coals on your head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. <clears throat> so, there's a few one another's in that, that passage. There's actually two in verse 10. So, devoted to one another. Be devoted to one another. And, give preference to one another in honor. So, <clears throat> let's start with these. And and we're going to try to apply those to, to how we... To interact with individuals with severe, profound intellectual disabilities in our churches. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. When you have a brother or sister, even if you're mad at them, you're still gonna care for them. You're gonna love them through thick and thin, you're gonna care for them. That's that's the simple, that's the real simple things that Paul's saying here. Those who are in Christ are your brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Those who have severe and profound intellectual disabilities that are having a hard time, having difficulty communicating with you, having a lot of trouble with maybe the way they're behaving, um, maybe they're just sick, you know, whatever it is, be devoted to them. They are your brother or sister. So that's the, that's the first part of that. And then give preference to one another in honor. That means is to put them ahead of you okay to to make sure their needs are met to to have a view of seeking to do the better thing for them so whatever it takes to to make sure that they're they are better off than they were, and to put their needs ahead of yours and so what Paul then does is he kind of tells us more specifically what that what that looks like, okay? Because sometimes these one-anothers can be kind of vague. Like I mentioned earlier, the one-another, love one-another. Well, uh, what does that mean? Well, what is devotion to one another? What does preference to one another mean? So, Paul tells us, don't lag behind in diligence, okay? Even if it's tedious, you are diligent. You do your best to meet those needs, to work hard, care for them fervor and spirit joy because you are serving the lord first off not not them that, that's secondary but by serving others you are serving the lord we rejoice in hope we're that's together we know that each one of us has a hope in christ and so that's That's that rejoicing. And then persevering in tribulation. They may be struggling through things. Well, you can struggle with them. And you continue pressing forward. You don't give up. And you pray. You're devoted to prayer. You pray with them. Pray with them. Pray for them. Ask them to pray for you. This is true of all brothers and sisters in Christ, not just uh, those with severe and profound intellectual disabilities. We should be praying for one another. Contributing to the needs of the saints and practicing hospitality. If somebody's hungry, feed them. If they are in need of something, make sure that their need is met. That's that's our job, is to care for one another. And then invite people into your home. Invite people with severe and profound intellectual disabilities into your home. Maybe you have a home that's not conducive for that maybe it's not wheelchair accessible okay then go to them go to where they are and make it a home-like experience bring something to them you know just i'm not very gifted in hospitality i'm gonna say that now but maybe you are and so that's something you can do really well and it doesn't have to be in your home if it's not set up right but if let's say your home isn't set up right But you have the funds. Can you make your home accessible, safe for somebody with with different needs? Okay? So, then we move on to verse 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Okay? Do not be haughty. But associate with the lowly, do not be wise in your own estimation. Um one, some other translations would be to live in harmony with one another. So I think that's a little easier of a translation. Uh but with mine, mine says to be of the same mind toward one another. And what Paul's done in verses 14-15, which I skipped just now, he talks about blessing those who persecute you, and rejoicing with those who rejoice, and weeping with those who weep. So, um, what does that look like? Well, so if somebody's sad, be sad with them. Don't necessarily try to cheer them up. Let them grieve if they're grieving. Grieve with them. There's nothing wrong with that. Lament with them. We have a whole book of the Bible called Lamentations. We have Psalms who grieve and lament and mourn. We have to do that. And when they rejoice, don't be... Don't be jealous. Rejoice with them. Uh, A story I I think I can relate is uh, we were at this... My wife and I were at this church and uh, a lady asked my wife about how things were going and uh, we were just kind of having a hard time in our our family just with uh, some grief, sadness. And uh, this woman... Did not respond well to my wife. Instead of uh, mourning with her, grieving with her, at least trying to enter into that with her and appreciating that, she said something about, did not the joy of the Lord restore you? Or, you know, some weird um, passage that was not really an appropriate response. Uh, It's that kind of sparkle, Christians, that you should always... Be happy and smiling as Grisha, and that's not true, that's not biblical. <clears throat> to, to try to enforce that on people is is inappropriate at best and is not uh, acknowledging that God created us with emotions and that some of those emotions allow us to be sad. So, uh yeah, mourn with people, okay? And that's how you are in the same mind with them. And, and don't be... It says, don't be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Don't think that you're too good, because you're not. Don't think that you're too good to spend time with somebody with severe and profound intellectual disability just because you're, quote, smarter than they are. That's not what it's about. Your intelligence can be a gift for the kingdom. Yes. But what God wants more than your intelligence is He wants your heart. He wants your love for Him and and your love for His image bearers. Those whom He made. Okay? Do not be wise in your estimation. Don't Don't think you're better than yourself, okay? That's a danger for a lot of us. Be aware of that. Okay? Because when you're doing that, you can't be of the same mind as somebody. You can't be in harmony with somebody because you think you're better than them. Now, can you think they're better than you? Yes. Giving preference to one another. That's how it works. Serving a person. That's how that works. Alright? So, yes, there's, there's this tightly knit thing going on in Romans 12, with how these one and others are interacting with another. And it flows into Romans 13. And a lot of you may be familiar with Romans 13 because there's that whole um, philosophy of how Christians and government should interact. Uh, Much of it, uh, much of the exegesis you've heard on that is probably really bad, to be perfectly honest, because they ignore chapter 12. Uh, Remember, these chapters didn't exist when this letter was first written. There would have been no break from 12.21 to 13.1. There would have never been a break. So never read it with a break in there. Because you then you will totally misunderstand 13. But because we're skipping several more verses ahead, I am going to go ahead. Um, and so in verse 8, I'm going to read that. And now I'll kind of give an explanation. This is actually a love one another one. So thirteen eight. Owe oh, nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. So, what um, what's going on in seven verses ahead is that try, Paul is trying to navigate how loving neighbors, loving God, and existing under um, an authoritarian pagan government how that looks how that's going to work out and so um while basically he's saying that you kind of have to go along to get along uh, that rulers are in place not to benefit the good but to punish the evil okay so um So and then because in verse four he says, "For it is a minister of God to you for good, but if you do what is evil, so um, the the primary purpose of government is to to punish evil doers, um, and so obviously if a government is failing to do that, then it's a failed government. And we 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 could talk about how the Bible deals with government and and those views. That but that's not appropriate for this podcast or this episode but I'm trying to get you an idea of what's going on for, for head of her state um, so verse five we have to be under subjection uh not for wrath but for our conscience sake and so it may and then six and seven that means we have to pay taxes even if they're immoral um, or in uh, and we and even illegal. Uh, sometimes we just have to do it. And so, um, but so, what? then Paul owe nothing to anyone. So that's what he's saying, is that you don't owe taxes, pay your taxes as you need to. Kind of just stay under the radar. The only thing you would to owe to anyone is to love them, okay? And then he says, uh, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. And the law is referring to is Leviticus nineteen eighteen, love your neighbor as yourself, and so. But there's also, um, and I talk about this in the book too, this royal law that goes through all of Scripture. Um. Because remember, we are image bearers, and as image bearers, we are um, vice regents uh, of God. We are kind of a sort of royalty. Okay, so that's why it's a royal law. So that's what's going on here, and then he specifies uh, in verse nine, uh, what you know: don't violate these, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't covet. Um, but those are all summed up in "You shall love your neighbor as yourself." Right, and so that's again what's said in Levit- Leviticus nineteen eighteen. Okay, so and then he explains why. What the beauty of loving one another is, and what that kind of looks like. So, verse ten: Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Remember what we were talking about, in chapter twelve. It's linked back to that. Okay, verse seventeen: Never paying back evil. Um, verse nineteen: No vengeance. We're not to do uh, avenge people. We're not to avenge ourselves. It's tied up in that. It's all linked back to that. Okay? Paul's going to give this long exposition and that's what he's saying is that loving our neighbor is to care for them. To provide for them and not to do them wrong. Not to do evil to them. Okay? So that's what's happening in that. And that's what we're saying there. So then Paul kind of changes his um, focus a little bit in chapter 14. And... 14 uh, verse 13 we're going to see another one another uh, therefore let us not judge one another anymore but rather determine this not to put an obstacle or stumbling block in a brother's way okay Th- on the on surface sounds good we're not to judge one another anymore now now this kind of this does not mean that you do not, to church discipline, okay? Church discipline is absolutely necessary, okay? So that initially, real quick, church discipline is calling one another out when they sin, okay? Being ministers of reconciliation. You can't be a minister of reconciliation if you don't help somebody see where they have sinned and how to help them make things right, okay? And so primarily, that's we do that through the gospel. We do that for believers and unbelievers. But if someone sins against you, if a brother or sister sins against you, you you do judge. You say, hey, you sinned against me. That's a judgment. So you go and confront them, okay? And then also further on, when if they refuse to repent, then, you know, you, you move up in the stages. So yes, you still do that. But this is a different issue because what happens is, in, verse, in chapter 14, uh, Paul's dealing with some of those uh, weak Christians, strong Christians things. We see that also in uh, the first Corinthian letter. Uh, yeah, and everybody wants to think they're the strong Christian and, and the other people are the weak Christian. Uh, you know, it depends on the issue, but you're probably the weak Christian in some cases. Okay just, I'm the weak Christian in some cases too, okay? So we have to balance that. And so what Paul's saying is that, hey, uh, remember that living in harmony with one another? This is also a part of that. Remember to love one another, to prefer one another. This is a part of this. This is linked back. So what appears to be, and there is, Paul's dealing with some different issues, but there's still this, um, thread, running through his letter of how Christians are to interact with one another in love and mutual uh, respect. Okay? So, the weak, strong stuff, and what we didn't read was in verse 12. um, Well, let me back up to verse 8. So, he talks about if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Uh, Whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. Okay? It's not on those conscience issues that are not explicitly laid out in Scripture, then we answer to the Lord, and He spec- He goes on and says that um, in verse ten and, and twelve. <clears throat> okay, ten. Don't we don't hold one another in contempt, and then in verse twelve. So then, each one of you, each one of us, will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us judge, not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or stomach luck in a brother's way. So Paul was dealing with a lot of things in Romans, and for us this matters too. So, um, food issues with idolatry, things like that, That that's what he's dealing with, um, how do you balance that, um, what days are holy and which days aren't, or are there any? You know, uh, if you're not familiar with the Sabbath issue, like, is there a Sabbath or is there not? How do you, do you do the Sabbath or not? Um, Those are still issues that are debated, if you're not aware of that, uh, in academia among Christians, okay? But, uh, so I'll I'll say this, I don't hold to a Sabbath view. I don't hold that that's binding anymore. Uh, We're not going to discuss why I do that why I hold that position. That's not for this podcast. Um, But brothers and sisters do hold that view. So here's the thing. Um, We can debate on who's weaker or stronger. It doesn't matter. I don't have the right to go to them, hold them in contempt. I don't have the right to go to them and say, um, you're not really trusting in God if you have to have a Sabbath day. That's not because that's not what their their position is, okay um their position is that they're trying to obey the lord will and and so they are answering to him, okay, my job is to love them well, they don't have the right to come to me uh, about that either well, they might feel that they do uh so let's just leave it that uh. You may have somebody in your congregation, let's say somebody with a severe and profound intellectual disability, and they are struggling through some things, and maybe they feel that um, in their limited understanding that they uh, are communicating to you that they can't go uh, play, play a car game, or that they, yeah, car game, that's fine, or, or a game, or maybe they can't watch a show, a television show, that you feel is okay for Christians to watch. That's a good one, a television show. Don't hold them in contempt. They're trying to be obedient to the Lord. Respect them, love them, and don't judge them on that. Okay? Don't pressure them. It's not a big deal. You let them serve the Lord. The Lord may have pricked their conscience specifically about that. And so if you lead them to stumble, then that's a bigger problem. Okay? And then Paul... Paul addresses this further on in this chapter. just um, Verse 14 says, I know and I'm convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. It's, you know, so that's fine. Um, and he goes on, there are good things and evil things. He's not saying that. So to commit murder is obviously evil. He's He's not saying that that's not true. Um, but it's these other things that are going on. Uh, and the way that we understand what's good and what's evil is to, ha- are we serving the Lord? Are we loving the Lord? And are we loving and serving uh, those He created in His image? Okay? So, um, verse 17, For the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit that's what that means to stop passing on judgment on one another to seek after peace and righteousness and joy in the Holy Spirit to be united to one another in harmony remember we went back go back to harmony it. it's all tied together here and Paul Paul does that a lot and he, that's just how he does so um, that's why it's probably why he, he's focused this latter part of this letter on how Christians interact with one another and so that's why these one another are coming up. Early on in the letter, he dealt with uh, some more theological issues. Uh, so verse 15, he has a couple more. Uh, verse 15, uh, f- sorry, chapter 15, I apologize. Chapter 15, verse 7. Uh, Therefore, accept one another. just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. And then in verse 14. And concerning you, my brethren... I myself also am convinced that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able also to admonish one another. So back to verse 7. Therefore accept one another, Jesus Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. We're all going to come from different backgrounds in the church. Okay, the big church, universal. We're all coming from different backgrounds. We all have different abilities. We all have different difficulties. We need to accept one another as brothers and sisters in Christ because Christ has accepted us. He loved us. If we're... If Christ loves us, why why don't we love one another? Okay? We have been brought into the family. So no matter what we look like, no matter how we speak, any of that stuff, it doesn't matter if we are accepted by Christ. Okay? And then... He goes on uh, in verse 14 that he is convinced that this local church, but also I think he means the church as a whole, is um, full of goodness, with all knowledge, and able to admonish one another. So he's saying that the Holy Spirit has gifted individuals in community. We have to be in community, you can't be a lone Christian. It doesn't work. It's a total failure. When we are in a covenant community of believers, we have the ability to do good, to be righteous. We have the ability to teach one another about the gospel, about scripture, about what it means to live for Christ Christ. And we are to admonish one another. Now, some translations may uh, have something about instruct one another. There's kind of a combination of that going on there. Uh, we can teach one another, and admonishing is to um, say, "Hey, that's not correct. This is maybe correct." You know, so kind of kind of correcting one another, and it's not harsh. It's um, when you're doing a good job parenting, you can. Admonish your children, and they will they will learn. You know, say, hey, you didn't do that quite right. Can you try this? Try doing it this way. In gentleness, okay. So we we correct in gentleness. We rebuke in gentleness. With with conviction, but with gentleness and love. Okay, because because we're coming from different backgrounds, we've been accepted. But we have differences in our thoughts. What's clean and unclean? Remember, Paul was dealing with, and so that's appropriate times when you're teaching and uh, discussing with believers and working through Scripture and um, praying together. You can maybe uncover that, like, oh, I I was holding this faulty view on this this thing. Um, and somebody can say, yeah, you are. Here's, here's maybe how you need to think about it. You know, so you can work through those things. And that's the same with... Somebody with a severe and profound intellectual disability can also do that. Same to you. <clears throat> they may not be able to... Um, be as... Um, eloquent as you could, but they can get the point across. Maybe they could communicate to you that... Um, you're harsh to people. Not just to them, but to other, all kinds of people. Okay? Or that you come off haughty. Maybe they're going to communicate that to you. Okay? So that's just one of those things that you can kind of figure out uh, within your local body as you work with one another. That's... yeah. So, and then, um, <clears throat> uh, Paul wraps, wraps up his letter. And in chapter 16, uh, verse 16, he uh, kind of ways instructing how they're supposed to interact with one another. He says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Um, and a lot of people get to up about this with holy kiss and stuff. Uh, so in the United States, we don't typically do kisses for that, you know, people that aren't in our immediate family necessarily. Um, and plus, I am an advocate that you shouldn't make people show affection <laughs> Another physical affection, it's not appropriate, um particularly with all the scandals we've had and things like that. So, because that uh, can be problematic over time. But um, if you think about the French culture, that's a common culture, you maybe you're familiar with where they would do the two kisses on the side and stuff like that. So, that's kind of what Paul's talking about. um He's not saying that you actually have to give a kiss, that's how they would have done that. But if it's like a good handshake, a hug, Maybe it's just the attitude you have with greeting one another, that a joy and a general affection for one for a fellow believer. That's what that's about. So um, greeting one another. We should greet one another. We should be joyous. Um, with a little time stamp on this, you know, this is December of twenty twenty and we're in pandemic time and uh as, as they finally admitted that the virus has been in the United States for a year now uh, versus March. <laughs> uh, and so, that, yeah, that's. we should be really excited to greet one another. And people may not be comfortable greeting one another with a kiss or physical touch, but the joy of seeing one another should be evident. Okay, so that's kind of how that, those one another's work. Um, be thinking about how these one another's apply in your life, how they apply to people in your local church and maybe people in your area that are at other churches but are, you know, are fellow believers, um, and specifically be thinking about people who have different disabilities, um, obviously this podcast is about individuals with severe and profound intellectual disabilities, but, um, yeah, this is kind of where I think we need to, to step back and think about that. So, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to pray. And uh, before I pray, I just want to remind everybody, uh, feel free to uh, email me questions at godsworkdisplayed at gmail.com. Thoughts, questions, any any ideas? Um, I'm probably going to be pulling the book off of Amazon for a bit. I I need to do some editing corrections. I'm thinking about doing some revisions, maybe some... um, expansions on some stuff uh, so we'll just see how that is uh, <clears throat> again if anybody knows any publishers uh, uh, help me get in touch <laughs> and uh, well yeah shoot me an email godsworkdisplayed uh, at com, and uh, feel free to do a rating review perfectly good ones on uh, whatever your um, whatever you listen to podcast on, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, let's pray and uh, close this up. Gracious Father, we are so thankful that you are um, so wise, and that you have given us um, instructions in your Scripture on how to live as brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you that you are um, continuing to call those um, by, your, by your name, and that you are calling them out of darkness and into light, and that they are in, being adopted into your family through Christ. I so that anyone that's listening, that the Holy Spirit change their hearts to be more like Christ, to consider how um, they can love one another, to prefer one another, and to honor one another in any way they can, and to build up this church in your name in your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. I'll talk to you all again soon. Thanks. Bye.